Okay. All right, everybody. Let's have a seat. And um, are we? Uh, we're going to start. Can we watch that video? You guys set for that? Okay. Let, let's. I'm going to show you another video here. This is a video, three minutes as well. And uh, it was the same last time we did the EHS course at our church. I just let's let's pull out some folks here on just how they experienced the uh, EHS course after these eight weeks. And uh, so, again, these are just regular people, you know, and like your church. And uh, but you'll notice very multi-ethnic crowd, you know, very, very diverse age and uh, colors and cultures. But all right, let's dim the lights and let's watch this uh, three-minute video. So anyway, you get a sense. All right, let, let's... Um, uh, so it was so interesting. Now, obviously, in eight weeks, it's not enough to sustain them, right, for life. But it's quite a jump start. And uh, then they got another eight-week course. And, uh, and actually, it was that woman at the end, Eartha, uh, who uh, was the one who was angry at her daughter. Uh, she's in this course right now and couldn't get beyond anger. And I said, you know, I, I brought up the whole idea of maybe, you know, beneath anger is sadness and fear. And is that what's going on? And she just started weeping. And she said, you know, here she is. She goes, I... I, I get it now why I'm single. Said, I finally get it. Makes so much sense. And when she did her genogram, she said, it makes all sense now why I, I feel like I do towards men. And, uh, you know, tremendous person. But in a sense, here's a woman who's been in church for a couple of decades, you know, but, but never got free, even for her relationships. And, uh, but it was just the funniest moment when she said, we Jamaicans don't, feelings, you know, and it was just, it was, it was just a great, and the guy said, we're all Jamaicans, this white American said, we're all Jamaicans, you know, none of us do feelings. So, um, okay, so let's, let's close our time here together and uh, talk about, you know, where do we go from here? So let me take, I'm going to do two things. Let me, let me, I'm going to hand out, I got these handouts. So it's, it's a, we have a mailing list for pastors and leaders. And what happens is every week we send out kind of a, I'll send out a blog, some kind of a feeding along the whole EHS journey. Uh, maybe a new video like that that came out and take a look at it. Uh, and I try to do some feeding. There's like a, you know, 18, 19, 18,000 pastors around the world on it. And you may want to join it. And just share an email list. You can unsubscribe when you like. But we're going to pass this around and uh, maybe just come, come in this way here. Shirley can take these and, and uh, just maybe pass them by. Uh, I gave a couple copies to somebody. Someone going around. And if you'd like to be on a list, just pass them. We'll pass it towards the center. And towards the end, we'll, I'll collect it and we'll get you on that, that mailing list. So that would be great. But uh, let me take a few questions before. I, I've already talked about, in general, some of the implementation. Uh, let me mention two issues that have come up now a couple of times. One is the issue of youth. And um, here it is. You know, how does this apply to youth? We have, like you saw that young Filipino girl. I think she's a Filipino girl. She's, uh, I think she's 17. And, uh, but uh, the, what's, there's no youth version for this material. And just, you know, somebody will pioneer that. That's a whole massive project. But what we've done at this stage uh, of our development is uh, our youth pastor brings in uh, selected senior high leaders, and he has a table. He's a table leader for his senior high people. Uh, and he, he has adult leaders at a table as well. But uh, we have been surprised by the impact on girls like her, uh, like really surprised at their testimonies. Walking out uh, this past week, my wife told me this. She's walking out of the building, and this 20-year-old girl says to my wife, now we're like six weeks into this relationship course, she says, 
It's going to stop here. I like my wife, like, that's it. We are going to relate differently in my generation forward. And, uh, but really like, no, I'm, I'm sick of this, the way we relate in our family and it's going to change. And I told my boyfriend, <laughs> he's in the class with her, you know, I'm not, I'm not, we're not going forward unless you learn these skills because we, I am not living what I've lived my whole life. And then Jerry was like, whoa, you know? So we have now a number of parents that are in the courses because of their uh, teenagers. Because the teenagers are saying to their parents, I, we, don't, we don't talk like that, Mom, at New Life Fellowship. Well, the mother goes to New Life Fellowship, you know, but she doesn't get it. And so, you know, we, don't, we, we, don't, we speak honestly and clearly, and we don't, you know, and so, Mom, you're dirty fighting, and they're like, what are you talking about? And I learned that from the pastors, you know. So, so they're in the course now, and, uh, which is great. And there's a number of people that are taking this material, and they bring, they, see, we know it's really working if people are bringing it to their workplaces. That's one of our ways we know it's getting into the culture because, you see, then you have a teacher bringing it to her classroom or his classroom. You, we have, you know, we have an oral surgeon that, that they use these skills in a secular way to, to create community. And we want our people to go into government work, and we have a lot of police officers, and create health in the middle of the craziness. I mean, we say your, your workplace is full of gossip and chaos and all the evil you want to run away from. And we say, that's why God puts you there, right? That's why you're there. We're all in full-time ministry. You just happen to be a teacher full-time or a social worker full-time. But you're sent by God in that place. And so now you have some skills to actually bring change there. And uh, so we've got actresses and actors. And so, so we want to see this stuff get so in our people that it becomes a means they go out into the world, not just simply their families, uh, not just simply our body life, but actually becomes a means of mission, you know, into the community. So that's been good. And, and uh, someone asked about marriages. Uh, where, let me see if I can, uh, I don't know where I, where I put the, uh, where did I put that? Oh, let me see if I can find this. Uh, where did I put that tree? There it is. So, so let, me, let me reiterate. What, what I, you, you got, well, there's two courses, the spirituality course and the relationships course. So that's not, there's a lot more to discipleship that's got to happen here. Do you understand? There, there's discipleship, you got finances and stewardships and gifts of the spirit and, you know, all kinds of things. Bible study and, you know, parenting and Old Testament survey, whatever else you do for discipleship in your church. And lots of stuff is needed. Uh, but these two form like a DNA that, to, that inform the rest of the courses. So, for example... Like, we do a course on, like, uh, finances, basic finances. Because, I don't know about your churches, but lots of our young people especially have, lots of people are in debt. Like, serious debt. It's a big problem. And so we try to offer some kind of basic course for, you know, what's it called? Good, not good sense. Um, what's Dave Ramsey's course they teach? Um, Financial Peace University, FPU. And... Uh, but you see, it informs that course because now part of that course becomes how did your family of origin deal with debt? Oh, yeah, my parents were always in debt on both sides. No wonder we're always overextended. You know, so you're, you begin to ask questions that you're bringing in another element to even how you do traditional evangelical courses. You're kind of going a little bit layer underneath it. So you do have to think about this. But a question that came up was, you know, what about marriages? And, and so this will lead you to all kinds of things. I'm letting you know that. If you bring this to your church, it opens up a big door here where all of a sudden people are now crying out for all kinds of things. They want to get, now they want to change. 
well, what do we do? So, so like this will lead, one thing that will lead to down the road is a strong uh, marriage and single ministry. It inevitably leads to that because without strong, healthy marriages, uh, you don't have a healthy, you know, without transformed marriages, you don't have transformed people in churches because if you're married, you're living in that. Same with singles. So it ends up leading to a, a more in-depth discipleship of marriages and, and singleness and, and sexuality. You just, you, just, you just naturally end up in that road. So we've been working on actually a marriage curriculum for 20 years. It's, we're not ready yet. You know, it needs three more years. We're like 2019. Uh, it takes us a long time. But we know how important that is. Um, you know, we have, day, we have monastic days along with God. We, we have some courses called like monastic practices of the heart. So we end up, you know, end up bringing in these other things that just literally merge out of your own passions and your own context. But again, this will just, it, well, you got to just see it as like a, kind of an open door here that, that's happening in the church. But there is a whole tree to be built there in terms of other issues of discipleship. And the reason we don't have it as a small group curriculum is because it's not just a little side small group curriculum. I did a check off the box. Uh, even going through it once is just, you know, not enough. I took someone in divorce recovery. So it's not unusual to have a, you know, a whole workshop on grief and loss. Even though it's one of the weeks, that, that's, a, that's a weekend seminar. You know, or divorce recovery. There's all kinds of things that, you know, boundaries. Uh, you know, we do a course on theology of the body. If you ever heard of that, love, sex, and the meaning of life. It's an it's advanced course in that whole material. So anyway, so let me take a few questions. I mean, that, that, that's, there's a, this is what the course looks like. You know, I'm sorry. There, you know, there I am at tables. You'll see the tables here. And uh, tables are like six to eight people. Uh, we don't do more than eight. Uh, and so we, we have a training for table small group leaders. They're, they're key to the quality of the group. And so there's always a point leader. And at this point, I'm the point leader. And, and so they're kind of directing it. But then they're meeting in groups. Okay, you got 20 minutes for this question. Four and five. Okay, great, great. You know, and they go and you bring them back. But you're doing the introduction and the summaries. And you're kind of controlling the quality of that experience for people. And uh, it's used to build the church. So you're thinking... Uh, like for example, the person in charge of ushers and greeters at our church, she has a table of her key people because she obviously wants ushers and greeters not, move that baby, shut that baby up. That's not helpful, right? So she's trying to get her ushers and greeters to like live out our values. And so they've got, so she's in that course trying to help them as part of her training of them. So she, she owns a table. So we have a Filipino ministry. They've got, oh, every, they, oh, the Filipinos always have a table, you know, with eight, ten people, you know, and uh, they're funny. <coughs> and, uh, you know, the Indonesians generally have a table. The Spanish-speaking folks have a table. And uh, the marriage folks often have a table. You know, they got, of course, young adults. And so tables are, are being put together strategically on ministries they want to be building, future small groups, future ministries. So it's not just throwing these groups together randomly. It's very... You're thinking through the building of the church. And it almost becomes like a leadership development or worker shoot system. So you're not just throwing this course together you know, randomly. You're actually quite thoughtful about, who do I want at what tables? And uh, because I want them connecting with certain people. But they're really launching a strong young adult ministry. So they went up to heavy recruitment for young adults. Got like two, three tables of young adults right now. About 20 people. That's really a great core group for him. And they're all getting a common language, a common experience. And then they had a meeting last Sunday about where they want to go from here as young adults, which is great. But the pastor over communities is thinking about that. And so he's using the course as part of his, you know, system. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm getting carried away. Let me go back here to... Uh, 
to this. Okay, let me just take a couple of questions um, before I launch into, into this. Just questions that have come up. I, I've had a lot already. I try to answer some individual ones, but any other questions you're pondering right now about what would, bringing this to your church? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so again. So here, here's our. Here it is. This is this is our basic. Uh, we do our church. So we people, as you know, people do what they want. I don't know about in Canada, but people do whatever they want. You tell them this is our way. We like you to go, but they don't do it. But you got to say this is the way. This is our. We say this is our pathway. So you got to be clear. What's your church pathway? We say you know, come to the church. We have like a newcomers lunch, like every two months, and just to kind of welcome and any questions you've got. But then they have a membership course, which is like three weeks. And if you're Alpha, you go to Alpha. Of course, if you're not a Christian, you're kind of exploring Christianity, you go to Alpha. But at some point, people go to membership. Now, ideally, you go to Al- Community House, then you go to the EHS course and the Relationships course. That's the ideal. But as you know, people don't do it. They do whatever they want. So a lot of people just show up to the Relationships course or the, or the EHS course. They just pop in. They haven't gotten the membership. They haven't gotten the newcomers. And we're fine. We're, we take them. Just come on in, you know. But then we're kind of moving people back. Hey, we want you to, you know, if you want to consider new life becoming your church, we want you to encourage you to go to Communitas or our membership course. And obviously, some are in small groups over here. Uh, so even, so, so yes, there are people in the church that have been there years who've never taken these courses. Because honestly, we've only started doing it well about two and a half years ago. And now we've really got it down. I mean, we've really, like, they're high quality. I'll be honest, the first time you do it, you're figuring it out yourself. Because there's a lot to it. So I always say the first time you do it, just do a pilot. Do like, you know, maybe three tables, you know, keep it small, do a high quality one because you got it down. Now, I've been doing it now. I've re- like, I can handle 215 people, but I feel like it's high quality. And now you'll see on our website, we have all these, re- like those videos I showed you, like those are great promo videos that you can just show you people recruit, recruit for. We don't even have to recruit for it anymore. You get to a place, you don't have to recruit. It recruits for itself. Because people's lives are getting changed. They're, believe me, they're pulling people in. And uh, so we did not advertise for the last course. And we have a full house. Because we just, you know, it's, people are excited. So this is our pathway. And so we just tell everybody, you want to go through the EHS courses. At some point at, your, at New Life Fellowship, our expectation is this, your, this is your church. Because as you know, we have people in our churches who are not members. So they don't want to be members. You tell them to be members. They don't want to be members. Fine. We love you all the same. But we want, if you're in this church, we say this is our operating system. This is our DNA of how we function as the new family of Jesus. So we want to ask you to go through these two courses. And uh, you'll enjoy them or your money back, you know, that type of thing. And we've got to pay you know, $30 or $25 for the books, you know, for the first course. You know, and like, $25 for a course? So, oh, gosh, give me a break, you know. It's like, all right, we'll give you a scholarship if you need it. You know, all right, big deal. We'll give you, you know, pay what you can pay. We'll give you, we'll put, we'll put in, people always got something, right? Eight weeks, eight weeks, oh my gosh. You're right. It's a, discipleship is a big problem and this is a big solution. We're talking about your whole life. We say, listen, you've invested how much money in your education to get a degree as an engineer or as a teacher? I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars, years of your life. How much have you invested in being a disciple of Jesus Christ? Seriously, you think coming to church is enough on a Sunday morning? We're telling you it's not enough. And so we're framing discipleship differently. This is your life with Christ. So this is, this is our launch for you. And so you've got to give people a vision of what this, what this is about. 
and why we're asking them for eight weeks. I mean, people initially, like, it's really most church people, like, eight weeks? Like, you, I mean, I got to read a book? And I got, want me to do daily offices? What daily office, you know? And I mean, I don't do this. And, you're, and I've had churches say to me, I, I, we just don't, we don't do, we don't do this. We do connection. Like, we, people are not ready for this type of intensity. And we're like, okay, it's fine. But I personally am not invested in that anymore. I'm not just looking for a crowd of people. I'm looking to make disciples. And I'm looking to bring Jesus Christ to the world. And so I am just committed to those who are interested. This is what we're inviting you to. But at this church, we do discipleship that deeply changes lives. And so we look for, we're always expecting testimonies of changed lives from believers who have been around 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. We're expecting constant, in a sense, conversions, life change, because they're c- connecting with Jesus, hopefully. That's the goal. Uh, so so that, that's our, so I would just say the answer to your question is, uh, no, we want you to come. So even at this size church, an, um, people, uh, a, a few have. Uh, some become small group leaders. We encourage, you're going to go through a second time, you're going to be a small group leader. And so what we do with small group table leader, uh, you've got to come to a little training beforehand you know, for an hour or so. Of course, there's a, this is not like other groups. So we actually do a, uh, are you familiar with appreciative inquiry? Is that what it's called out here in Canada? You've done some work with them, I think. Are you, are you familiar with Quakers, uh, Circles of Trust of Parker Palmer? We've done a lot of work with Parker Palmer. So actually, this workbook you have in your hands, uh, if you have it here, this workbook was years of working, and underlying this workbook is clearness committees of Quakers. Uh, we went to learn how to write questions that got to the right side of the brain. Evangelicalism is very heady. We knew we needed to create some kind of a small group experience that would get at people's soul. And the Quakers are the best at asking questions. They're tremendous. So we went for a year and a, my wife went to a year and a half training on how to ask good questions. So you'll notice uh, on, on, on the way this, the layout of the small groups uh, it's, 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 you're inviting people to be vulnerable, but we say to small group leaders, there's no fixing or saving people here. So you don't say, someone says, I'm, I, you know, I, I had a, you know, I was feeling so depressed because, you know, my uncle died, you know, and that often a Christian will jump in. You need therapy. You got to go see somebody, you know, and you know, don't try to fix people. Let me pray for you right now. You know, as we train our small group leaders, we want to create safe places in these groups. So we do a bit of training. The training of those table leaders is so on our website. You'll be able to show a video and some guidelines. But those groups being safe. So at the end of every night, you meet with the small group leader and say, how did it go? Any problems come up? So, for example, we had to separate families, not, not couples, but like we found we had like, you know, a father and a mother and maybe their 18-year-old son. That was a disaster. Then the kid's not being open. You know, his wall is his mother, you know, and she's in the room. You know, and so it was, it was just not healthy. So we ended up putting them in different groups. We said no more. And folks with mental illness, uh, we found that th- we're not set up for that. You know, we're not set up for people who are, you know, uh, they just need, they need a different kind of support group. And I'm talking about like whether it's bipolar or schizophrenia. We just didn't, these groups are not set up for that capacity. Um, and so, I don't know, New York City, we, 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 have a, we have about probably 30 or 40 people in our church that are actually homeless, okay? They're like, part of our church community. So we've got some challenges of our own, but we've just had to recognize the limits of what we can do in different settings. So we learned that. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. Yes. Have you ever 
Yeah, people have done this, what's called a church-wide initiative. It's actually out there. We, people, pastors preach it on Sundays. And you preach, the, the sermons, it's great preaching material, you could imagine. And I encourage you, preach it. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's done, been done a lot over the years. Again, the, and, and so I'd say that's fine. But that's not really our concern, because our concern is longevity, sustainability. So that's why we're trying to get the course in there slowly and well over time. And, uh, but yes, in fact, I, if you're a preacher here, if you're like me, I, one of my, in this journey, I started to preach series that I wanted to preach. You know what I mean? Like I want, what did I want to study is what I started preaching on. So I did a whole series in the Psalms, you know, journey through the wall is one of the themes. I did like a 10 week series on different biblical characters going through the wall, you know, Hannah, Abraham, Jesus, you know, Daniel, just, so I just, you know, I did Elijah, silence and solitude. So, so I would encourage you to do series. Uh, you can do go back to go forward. You could do a five-week series on Joseph. Just that alone. Grief and loss, oh my gosh, what a series. Uh, you know, from the Psalms or Job or Lamentations. So we have sermons. There's free sermons on our website. And you're welcome to use whatever you like. And I put them out there just to give you ideas. Because you're like me, you're looking for ideas. And I always say to people, if you get any good ideas, you're welcome to preach it as long as you don't mention my name. And here's why. We all steal, and we should steal from each other, right? It's all God's revelation. And, and, but the key thing is if you're going to use somebody else's material. Uh, you know, you just got to make sure that God speaks to your heart. You know what I mean? Like, you, there, it becomes a revelation to you. Like, it really touches you. Then you can preach it as, you don't say, thus says this person. Just say, thus says the Lord, because he spoke to you. And I learned that from a professor at seminary who said Ezekiel uses a lot of the same analogies of Jeremiah like potter, clay, or whatever, and he, he repackaged them for his context uh, in uh, post-exile, you know, in the exile. And he said, that's why, so he never said, thus says Jeremiah, now he says through me, he just said, thus says the Lord. Because he got an idea, then he made it, then it became a revelation for his context. Your context of your local church is not like any other local church in the world. It's unique, and that's, a, and that's Sunday morning, is a moment in time of God speaking to your people. So whatever that's coming through you, you may have gotten pieces from nine different people. And if you get something from my website, that's great. And then, but I'm saying you just bring it to your people. But it better be, this says the Lord to these people. Then I'd say, you please take whatever you like. You're not stealing. I probably stole it from somebody. We're all borrowers. But I mean, the question is just getting God's revelation to us that we can bring to people. Okay, yes. Others? I can't, yes. And then we'll... That's a great question. There's no question. This is a young model. Young people are drawn to this. There's no question about it. I'd say the average age of our church is late 20s. And because they're drawn to authenticity, they're drawn to brokenness. Uh, of course, you know, my age group and my generation, older generation, uh, I mean, they're going through so much grief and loss and transitions. They've all, but if you've been schooled a certain way, it's hard, right? It's harder. Um, I, I, would, I always approach it like this is an invitation, you know, and never a, a, a demand. Now, if you're in, in our, now we were 20 years into it. If you're going to be in leadership, we're demanding you're into this, obviously. And, but initially, it was just an invitation to come along with what God's doing, and we invite you to come and take it. And I, again, I, I'm into slow. 
I mean, I'm at our church 29 years, all right? So obviously I'm into slow. And things take time. Uh, and, uh, but I, I would never inflict it on people. I, I just wouldn't do it. You know, I just, but in our case, I said, well, there's other churches for you. But if you're taking over, you got a church and older people that are kind of set in their ways, I would go really slow. I'd probably start with preaching some series. And what I recommend is you do the lead, emotionally leader book. I, the, the, with your leaders, like your board and some key people, like I would have them read this book and, and then I would just have some discussions around it. I think that's, that's the way you want to start. Because this gives, like, this is directly to leaders, board members, key leaders. And it's, it really kind of goes right after you, you know, your inner life, outer life. And, and it kind of gives you a picture of this paradigm that's like, you know, it's kind of hard to argue with. But it's very intense personally. And I think you want to get some buy-in from that board. If they're, say they're traditional, like... Do you agree, like, that skyscraper thing? Like, that's, just spend some time on the skyscraper. Do you agree, like, our inner life needs to be grounded, out of which everything flows? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah. And what do you think your shadow is, Jerome? You know, and you go, well, I don't know. You know, and you talk, then you talk about your shadow. And, but you kind of have some discussions. And I, I would begin with this on a leadership level. But if you got buy-in from leadership, uh, then I would, I would start doing, I would do a pilot. But I always say, let's do a pilot. Let's see how it goes. And let's see where the fruit is. And obviously, like Alpha, right? You do Alpha. And if no one's coming to Christ and no one's showing up, well, then you shouldn't do Alpha. But hopefully, you do Alpha and you see fruit and then you continue. That's what we did. Whenever something new comes in, you want to say, let's do a pilot, see what God's doing. But obviously, you're going with the expectation. You're hoping it's going to bear fruit. For the long term, you'll do it again. That's, that's, the, that's the goal. Yes. Back here, someone had their hand. Yes. Yeah, yeah. models, which always have an element of teaching on mission and evangelism. Where is that covered? In yeah, excellent. Covered at all? Excellent. Um, yeah, so that's a great question. Do you hear that question about where is evangelism and mission? And uh, so the whole context, first of all, the whole context is we are deeply changing lives for the sake of the world. So I'm be very clear. Like, So this is, this is done as a local church uh, initiative within the context of mission. So you are, that's why it's so important, you're framing it that we are committed to mission to the world. We are committed as a church to reaching the world for Christ. That's why we're here. We're not a monastery, we're a church. Now to do that, we've got to grow in ourselves. We've got to do this deep walk with Jesus out of which we give this to the world. We cannot give what we don't. That's the, that's the whole framework. And so it's very important you as the lead pastor are managing that. So you're keeping the mission before the church. So, so for example, like I'm doing the relationship course, it's consistently brought up. We're trusting folks that you're going to bring this community temperature reading to your workplace. We're having testimonies weaving in. So it's, it's kind of a, a, a slant way of coming at mission out of your inner life, but it's not a direct way. Yeah. So this is discipleship. Uh, and it, we had a conversation about just recently at our own church that you can't understand this tree. Where is it here? The tree here. Where'd it go? Here we go. This is a community that we were talking about this. We got we to gotta redo the tree because this is a missional local church. This is meant to be done in a community. This is not meant, like there are some people doing it in prisons and, you know, rehab homes and all that. But really this was designed to be, done within a community life in the building of a local church that's reaching out to its community for Christ. 
And it's never meant was meant to be a separate entity like, you know, go to a go to a social worker's office and just do it. Um, and I, she, they think want me to create something here to communicate the community local church element of it, uh, which is somehow missional. We haven't done that yet, but okay. Um, okay. Uh, and the last one, someone asked me a question about um, someone to respond to about how do you know when you need a when you need a sabbatical. How many of you have ever had a sabbatical? Oh, look at that. That's awesome. That's great. Now, there are forced sabbaticals because you're exhausted. And then there's planned sabbaticals that are healthy. And I would encourage you, I, if you're going to, you know, God's called you to be a pastor leader. You've got to be thinking of, like, the next 30 years of your life, 40 years of your life. Like, like can you do this joyfully uh, for 30 years and 40 years where you're growing uh, along the way? And giving out of an overflow. And the answer is, you can do that, absolutely. But you have to acknowledge your limits. That you will need longer, you will need some sabbaticals. You, 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 I don't believe it's possible to be thriving. I mean, I'm talking about thriving, overflow, without some longer breaks than vacations. So I would encourage, I, I encourage, and we do it for our staff at New Life, you know, every seventh year, you'd have, you take a three months three to four months. I've had three sabbaticals, each one three to four months. And it's enabled me to love my church and still be there after 29 years and love pastoring. And so we've built it now into the culture for staff who are long-term. And it enables us to keep long-term people who are sustainable, and it really helps have happy families. Uh, so I would encourage you. I know there's nothing in our culture that does it, and at least, and that's, but I, I would... No, and no one's going to ask you to do it. No one's going to like, I, I wouldn't expect your board to take the initiative. I mean, they don't know enough to know something like that. It's not part of it. So I, but I would strongly encourage you to uh, uh, think about it. A lot I could say about it, but uh, there's, but you, you have a, you, every, you know, again, seven, eight years, you will come back. If you plan a sabbatical properly, again, your sabbatical is not a vacation where you're just kind of hanging out at the beach. You're actually like, You've got planned study and where you're going to drink and learn from for the next year, like next phase of your journey. So I did a whole thing on emotional health, one sabbatical. I did the contemplative monastic one sabbatical. So you've got like a theme where you feel like, God, you want to study. But you don't want to get, you don't want to get a degree. You just want to like, you need time to pray or whatever it is. You might take a course at Regent out in Vancouver. But you're, you're looking to feed for the sake of coming back to your local church and feeding them and taking them forward. And so by the time I took my third sabbatical, people couldn't wait till I left because they knew I was going to come back fresh and with re renewed vigor and energy. And they really, they were so happy I was leaving. And of course, the church did just fine. I always thought it was going to fall apart if I left, which never happened, you know. So, so, so okay, so, uh, so let me just go back here. And uh, so, again, here's our... That's our basic flow. So all the other books, leader book, church book, most of the woman, this church-wide initiative, those are all supplementary materials and detailed applications. But this is your core. But again, here we go back to mission. I really do appreciate your question about mission um, because we want to be really careful to communicate that. I, I'm, I'm very sure. Because people, they, the people are like, ah, oh, emotionally, spirituality. Ah, it's about inner healing. It's not about inner healing. It's about mission. Okay, but mission, it flows out of discipleship. That deeply changes lives. So I like this impact thing. We're into that. And, uh, and if you see the location of our church, you're, you'll, you'll realize 
we really believe in that mission or else we would not be located where we're located. And uh, so again, that's our, that's our pathway. And you've got to figure out what's your pathway. Uh, but again, mission again here at the end. And here's the EHS course, which is what you have in your hand. So we, we just did discover the rhythms of the daily office and Sabbath. You had a taste of that now. But you can imagine if you introduce this on the course, do you think people in your church are going to start doing Sabbath if you do it for like an hour and a half? No. I mean, they're not going to get it, but they'll get introduced to it. That's another four or five week series, preaching series at some point. But again, you're introducing them to these key topics here. And again, here's a relationship course. We did Genogram and we did Explore the Iceberg. Uh, I've mentioned a few others. Now, right now, this, this, the only, we distribute this. It's Emotionally Skills 2.0. This is the curriculum. Um, and uh, in September, uh, this will get released, re-released by Zondervan uh, here in Canada and other places. But for now, we're the only ones that distribute it. That's why we have a few copies here. I just brought a few copies, and uh, you have to get it from us in, in New York for now. Uh, there's the course. So, again, I want to encourage you to sign up, uh, and we will call you. Someone's going to call you, a pastor friend. How's it going? What do you need? How can we help you? Um, and here's that November 17th event. Some of you mentioned you're going to come to that, which is great. And this website's filled with materials, you know, how to get started and what's a schedule of a night, how you lay out an evening. So all that stuff, those videos you can use. And we're just trying to help you as best we can to lead the course. We know that if we can help you as the point lead. What's a job description for a point leader, a table leader, administrator? You know, my, the schedule, closing summaries is there, videos, marketing materials. And uh, we do have a pastor's conference once a year in New York. It's a, it's a two-day, actually three days. It's in the back of your book there. And uh, some of you may want to take a ride down to New York. Now, what you would see in that pastor's conference, it's only for 350 people. Um, but you get a feel of what does this look like fully lived out in the church on all levels, boards, worship teams, small groups. And you kind of interact with all the staff and, you know, you get a feel for things. <clears throat> and there's a pre-conference for marriages. I'd like to say, this, this, this is EHS right now. That's the first McDonald's. You know, it didn't look like much, you know. And so, actually, EHS, is a, you're in a very early stages of us, like, actually launching this thing out. And, uh, you know, we're not this. I don't know if we'll ever be this clean McDonald's. But, but it's important to get a perspective that you're kind of early adopters and this kind of, as we're bringing this now around the world, and uh, we're learning a lot, and we hope we'll learn from you. And you've got your mailing list thing. And um, there is a, <coughs> finally, there is a personal assessment. It's for free on our website. <coughs> Am I emotional? Baby, child, adolescent, or adult? In 20 minutes, you take it. And I would encourage you, it's free. Just, you, can, you can download a PDF or have them do it online. It's really good to motivate people to say, oh my gosh, I'm an emotional infant. I had no idea. I had a president of a denomination take it. It was quite shocking, you know. So here is, this is what we're talking about. You know, the, those are hopefully our hands. But I think that's, you know, I really have a sense when I'm in this with the course with people, I feel like we're doing real formation. It's, it's hard for people. It's painful for people. But we're shaping. Like we're actually taking them somewhere. And I, I really invite you to do it, I, you know, along the way. So um, where are we here? Oh, gosh. There we are. That's our, I'll close with this. I, I keep this before me because if I'm like you, I, I get impatient. I get like, are we going anywhere here? Like, oh, my gosh, this takes so long. Well, yeah, yeah, it took a long time with Jesus, and it's all right, you know. And uh, there we get it. So here's, a, here's the seeds. EHS is about a lot of seeds, a lot of seeds. And in some ways, we're planting seeds in people. And, and like seeds are like, you know, 
it's just, it's just like, where is it? Like, you know, in terms of where I want, I want this in my church, but I get this most of the time. But here's the promise of Jesus in the kingdom of God, that if we'll do this, he will do this. And I can promise you this. I, you know, I, I've been at the same place and I wouldn't change my life for anything in the world. Uh, local church work is slow and hard. It's Nineveh. It's not Tarshish, as Eugene Peterson says. You know, we all want to get on the boat and go to some illusionary church that's perfect and wonderful and the people are obedient and listen. And we think there's just some church like that. So we tell God, we're not going to Nineveh. Not my church. I'm going somewhere else where we read some porn. He calls it ecclesiastical pornography. You know, there's some incredible church with people that are so responsive. That's all an illusion. All of our churches are filled with Ninevites, just regular people. And this is what we do. And then we trust God. He does this. And he really does over time. So God bless you. And I thank you. It's been a pleasure to be with you. And thanks to Brian, the one who recruited me here, twisted my arm. But it was great to be here.